Hey everybody, it's Murph from the TV show Impractical Jokers, and you are listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. Oh, Mr. James Murray. Hey, what's up, bud? Oh, but the headset's on, now it's like overly official. Now it's super official. Isn't it funny that Opie, because he's a radio guy his whole life, doesn't want to do shows in the studio anymore? Of course, why would he? Yeah, no, and he wants to do it in the bar, and yet I'm not a radio guy, so I think doing a show in the studio is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty badass. I gotta tell you. Yeah, they just made this like a week ago. What was it before? It was like old old radio stations. Oh. But Westwood One wants to be like, hey, if Chris Jericho, who's on the station, comes in, he can come here and do a show. Mm-hmm. So and they're gonna build the back one up. So it's pretty cool. They're still putting stuff up. So we're just like testing it out now. That's awesome. All right. Oh, Julie has a surprise for you. A surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I I, I, I always have floss with me okay. at, at all times. Uh, I mean, it's just when, when you have teeth like I do, you need it. Trust me. And uh, that, that's very sweet. Thank you. I think she did it because what happened when you do Opie's show? That's why she brought you floss yeah, and gum. I know, and my keys too. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell tell the story and then we'll start. I, okay, uh, tell the story on it. Oh, tell the story. I I did Opie's show, and I, I mean, I just I, I had to get dressed for a date. Mm-hmm. So I and we're meeting at a bar, right? So I brought a whole my whole suit. My power suit, my awesome. I look, I look sexy as that. You right? didn't know you looked good, black on black. Right, black on black. It looked really good. Right? <laughs> I looked sharp as as mother, as a mother. Right, and uh, but I had there, I had it literally I'm upstairs at the bar getting changed. I'm in my pants and whatever. So I left. I mean, I left everything. I left, I left all my house keys, everything to get home. I left my floss. Honestly, the floss is more important than the keys. It really was. Going, you're going on a date. The keys, I, I they got a spare set at the front desk. I could have gotten home if I needed to. Without the floss, I, I'd be embarrassed the whole day. And it's hard to swing, like, walking at the CVS, buying floss, going, that's a tough move to make. I know. Well, I'm also, uh, I, I head downtown to go to the date, and uh, I go into CVS, and, and I, I got there a little bit early, too. Mm-hmm. So now I'm hanging out on the corner. I'm in the West Village. I'm just hanging out on the corner with floss, <laughs> with nowhere to go, right? And no keys. <laughs> I can't go home. I can't go to the restaurant. It was, it was a mess. I loved it because you do Opie's show, you leave, and now I'm cleaning up the bar, and I'm like, why are there keys, floss, and gum? And I'm like, dude, is this yours? She's like, oh my God, I'm on a uh, date. Thank you. You saved my butt. So man. I was like a five-star Uber rating. Yeah, I you... drove down to the village <laughs> and then gave you your stuff. I felt, you pulled up to the restaurant, I was like, do I tip you? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know. I mean, I met you that day for the first time. It's not, not to be expected that you're a friend yet. And you thought it was a prank you were even doing the show. Because I'm like, hey, come to Jack Dempsey's bar. And you're like, this is a prank. Yeah, I mean, this seems a little bit more official. I'm still, I'm still looking around for cameras, yeah. too. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, meeting, meeting opening. And it was, it was the sentence that you sent to me. You're like, we can make any time, any day work. I was like, you're full of shit. Yeah, you didn't believe me. No. That's exactly what somebody would say if, you, if they're desperate to get you there. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, the only reason they, they would want me there for sure is to make it as easy as possible. We'll go anywhere, anytime. You name the place. I don't care. I was like, you're full of shit. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I know you don't have to do my show. You're so high above on any level with your million followers. I just want what's, to thank you What's for that doing song? That. You, she's so high That's above you. me. She's, what's that but song? You're so lovely. Guy? That's not, yeah, so lovely. Motherfucker, lovely. No, dude, come on. Don't be like that. You're a friend. Um, and and, and we're, we're, we're humans. We're equal. I know, but I, hey, also, I apologize for my voice. I had a lemoncello party yesterday in Staten yeah. Island. So my voice is all raspy. Yeah. Well, lemoncello is terrible, bro. No, it's, no. You know, here's what it's it is. Wor- it gets you. It's my Italian family. We have a lemoncello party. They have one thing a lemoncello. Like an early, hey, lemoncello shot, and then no one talks about lemoncello again. It's just a reason to hang out. Got it. So Got you, it. you grew up on Staten Island. My yes, girlfriend, sir. Julia, is from Queens, and she's like, you never take me out on Staten Island. I don't live there. I haven't lived there in 10 years. 
what do you miss the most about Staten Island? And what do you miss, like, you miss this the most and you miss what the least? Uh, Nunzios. Man, the pizza. Pizza, pizza. Staten Island pizza is great. You know, Nunzios is so good. We used to, I mean, have also have really, really good memories of mm-hmm. the place. Nunzios is a pizzeria on, on Staten Island and Holland Boulevard. And, um, it, it, was, it used to look very different when I grew up, too. It was like this old kind of like rundown place, you know. Uh, whenever it rained, it flood. Because you know, it was on a high <laughs> board. That, and that intersection near Midland Avenue, yeah, right, where the hospital is. It's just it two feet of water. Like, how is this possible? It's, it's the year 2000. Have they not solved this? Anyway, so uh, best pizza in Staten Island. And we would uh, – I was <laughs> – I used to play baseball as a kid, mm-hmm. and I had a uh, in college. I, I was uh, the, the the captain of my softball team. Gatto was on it from oh, the Jokers. Okay, but it was a bullshit softball team. It was like a co-ed softball team. It was purely just an excuse to meet girls. Right? Okay, okay, but we didn't know any girls. We were losers, right? <laughs> so it's like it's like every girl on the team was like we're desperately begging to be on, come to so we don't have to forfeit. We need four girls, you know. And it's always like somebody's sister. You know, hey, my cousin's in town. It's, it was, we never had any recurring I, girls. I played in these co-eds leagues there you a few go. years ago. There you yes. go. They were not team members, but it was always like just a desperate scramble on Saturday morning to get a girl to play for 1 o'clock that afternoon. And afterward, we'd just go out. And we'd go. We'd do things. <laughs> we'd lose every game. And we'd go straight to Nunzio's and just eat and drink. And then go to my parents' house and jump in the pool. So it was just an excuse to get girls in bikinis. And it never, <laughs> it never worked, did it? Uh, yeah, no. Girls in bikinis, but you couldn't hook up because they were friends of friends. Exactly. It was always somebody's sister. Like, keep your damn hands off her. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I write to it, Awakened, and I want to thank you because I did download the book on Kindle. Oh, I cool, told man. you that. But you said the next day on my doorstep was a copy of your book signed. And now, full disclosure, I'm a huge reader like I told you. I'm, I read a book a week. Wow. I'm a true crime guy, sports guy, history guy. Yeah. I stay far away from sci-fi, not into it. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read your book. You sold the book good. Yeah. Love the book. You loved it? Loved it. Seriously. You don't have to say that because not, we're, not, we're not friends yet necessarily. And, and I, as I told you that day, you dropped off my keys. <laughs> and I take my Goodreads rating very high, and yeah. I did give five stars. I'm going to tell you something. Wow, man. Thanks. You were like, oh. But it was, but it was out of 15. Stars. Oh, yeah. No, no. It was out of 20, but you got five stars. <laughs> oh, okay. You were saying, oh, it's a page turner, and it is one of a, a trilogy. You're going to really want to know what happened. And I'm reading the book, and you got me early on, like, as you're reading it. And when you hit like the 25% mark, when you realize it's a bigger story, mm. I'm like, oh, this is good. Yeah. And I really, Thanks, really man. enjoyed it. And the writing was good. And so just give the whole – sell the book quick and then we'll talk about it. Uh, this is a book, a thriller called Awakened. And uh, it is a fast-paced, action-packed page turner. It's the perfect summer book, book reading kind of book. Uh, the, the hook of it is this. In the near future, New York City builds a brand new subway system, a subway line called the Z Train. It's an express train, super high-tech, super modern. It connects all the boroughs of New York City with New Jersey in like a matter of minutes. Underneath the East River, they build this gorgeous underwater visitor's pavilion, literally underwater. The inaugural run of the train. In the pavilion is the mayor, the president of the United States, press covering the event. On the train itself is the mayor's wife and 100 lucky New Yorkers that like won the lottery. When the train rolls into the underwater pavilion... All the passengers are missing, including the mayor's wife. There's a bloodied crimson handprint on the wall, and all the windows are shattered outward. It becomes this great mystery. What happened? Are the passengers still alive? The mayor's in a panic. Is my wife alive? And what you come to learn in the book Awakened is that what's going on secretly underneath New York City is far, far more terrifying than anything you could have ever imagined. There you go. You glow when you talk about this book. <laughs> no, you do. This is like nice. your baby. Yeah, I, I wrote it 14 years ago. I spent... Dude, you know what it's like? I mean, you spend a year of your life every day writing a book. It's, it's an emotional thing. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's, it has to come from a, a place of uh, – it's 
inspiration and ambition and dreams and imagination, and you pour, literally pour your heart into a book when you write it because you can't half-ass a year of your life, you know? Like, I, I really put a lot of work into it thinking that I would be able to sell it. And uh, at the end of the year, you know the story, I, I, the guys and I, were, we had no connections in, with anybody in entertainment, much less publishing. So I sent out the book to every publisher in New York with a query letter, the whole thing. And I, you know, I researched how to do a great query letter. I should have brought it, man. The query letter was freaking great. It really was a catchy, catchy query letter. Because every query letter, the book takes place in the subways, right? So every query letter uh, had on the upper left corner had a, a metro card with a full uh, – Back then, yeah. $2.50 fare on it, right? And the first line of the metro, uh, of the, the query letter, query letter is what you send out in publishing to get a publisher interested in, in, in a manuscript. Uh, the first line of the query letter said, uh, dear so-and-so, the above metro card has a full $2.50 fare on it. Use it if you dare. Wow. And, and then it went into the plot of the book, which is just like I described. Mm -hmm. And uh, I couldn't get any traction, man. I spent $100 on these query letters, uh, I mean, on buying these metro cards, you know? <laughs> and uh, it was... It was I, I couldn't get anybody to read it. The, the the envelope, the everything got returned to me unopened because I didn't have an agent, didn't have a lawyer. It was crazy, man. The barriers of entry were like, I was like, this is a good book. Fast forward now, I sent to the exact same manuscript into HarperCollins, and they bought it, and they bought the trilogy. So Now, you did it 14 years ago. You're yeah. selling the book. No one wants it. When did you start it again? When did you start the process? And were you, were you aware of it? Like, hey, am I willing to fail again? Not that the book's going to be failed, but no one's going to see it. Was that like something you were nervous about? I'll tell you. Um, about two years ago, every TV show had goes through phases, right? Because you were mm – -hmm. I'll tell you what. I, the, the other day, I'm bouncing around stories, but two days, two nights ago, I was going through like an old drawer, and I found a, um, a photo album that my sister put together for me like when the show first started about season one. She gave it to me like as a gift in season one. I had tears streaming down my face seeing uh, the way we all used to look and my parents and – um, seeing my father, like you know, without the walker and everything like that, and it literally brought tears to my face, and um, and it reminded me that that you, there, we're living our lives, we're 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 changing on television, you know, because your life doesn't change. You're not the same person you were ten years ago, mm -hmm. and I'm literally watching my life unfold in in real time on TV because we film so much, and it, it, and I look back at the pictures, I was like, oh my god, I'm like. I feel like it's another person back then. I remember the the life that we. It was just so different, and. Um, and about two years ago, the guys and I were going through this one of these changes where we're like, our lives are so radically different, and so the pressure has become so much. The show is—we still love the show. It's still, you know, funny. We have fun doing it, but there's so much more going on. It feels like this never-ending, uh, um, growing snowball, you know. <laughs> uh, and it, it hit us about two years ago where we're like, we need, we need to keep succeeding, to keep uh, changing and evolving the show, and to keep the show good. We need to have something for ourselves. Our lives cannot entirely be 110% jokers. And we need something to latch on to that I can think about outside of the TV show and outside of the tour and outside of I have two shows tonight, you know, on a Sunday, you know, and outside of the million things that have taken up our lives now. Uh, and because we all lost track of emails, we all lost track of texts entirely, you know, because it's, it's just overwhelming that, you know. So, and the Joker's movie, like, what do we, what do we do to give us a mental break from everything? And um, Sal started performing a lot of solo stand-up back then and work, really working hard on it, mm -hmm. above and beyond our tour, which, you know, we still do a lot. Uh, Q is a graphic novel, uh, a comic book he's putting out. Um, Joe, of course, does a ton of charity work, and he has a full family at home, too, to get a, get a break from mentally. 
I had plants in my apartment. That's, okay. that's about all I had. I was like, well, I could go home and water my plants. What do I do? I, you know, I got a blankie, but I didn't give a shit about You know, what do I do? So I was like, you know what? And the guy said to me, he's like, Murr, what about your book? You wrote, you know, you always loved that book. And I was like, you're right. I should pick that back up. It was literally, that. that's literally how it came about uh, uh, two years ago. I was like, a year and a half ago. I was like, I, I, I should work on that. I picked it up. I read it for the first time in 14 years. And I was like, this is really good. Wow. I forgot about how, you know, how exciting it is to read. <clears throat> and, um, but still, that, 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 that rejection is always there. I sent it in uh, to um, an individual who works on our team. And, uh, and he's like, oh, it's, it's great. It's really exciting. But I can't sell it. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, you know he's going to. No, no publisher's going to want a book from a comedian that you know, thriller space. You have no clout, no credit in the in in that field. Mm-hmm. I was like, "You mother effer, man! Yeah. Come on, I'm telling you, I can sell this." So I cut the middleman out, went straight to the publisher, and sold it immediately. Unbe- isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, it's crazy. Right? I have a question with the book too. So you did it 14 years ago, but yet, how much updating? Because in the book, you talk about podcasts, you talk about iPhones and tablets. How would you realize where to put that in to more modernize it? Well, we, we <laughs> in the original book, I, I think it was probably like flip phones. Like, yeah, he, the mayor pulls out his razor <laughs> flip he was, phone. Someone paged him. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It didn't. It didn't take too much modernization, honestly, because I, I'm a huge techie. I, I love so. So I, I, I future proofed a fair amount of it when I wrote it in 2000. Was it 2004 when I wrote it? I, I, I the iPhone wasn't out yet, but I must have changed that in the revising. Yeah, and you then know? you talked like podcasts, and you were talking about science fiction podcasts. Like it was. As I'm reading it, I'm like, I, I knew it was 14 years ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. wow, you must have did a lot of uh Yeah, editing. well, podcasts were out in 2004. The iPhone was not, though, right? iPhone came out in 2007. And tablets, I don't believe, were. Tablets, definitely were. There's no, there's no iPads in the, in the book. When you're doing this book 14 years ago and then rereading it, as you're reading it, in the back of your mind, it's like, this is legitimately a movie. Does it ever go through your mind like, I, I do want it to be a movie? Well, that's, that's the whole purpose of the book. I, I wrote it as a, a TV show or movie. It reads like that, and that, that's my background. I'm in TV de- development, right? I've been working in TV development mm-hmm. for 12 years now. And are you on TV too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so my, my job since 2008, oh, 2000, 2008 has been uh, TV development, so uh, outside of Joker. So when I wrote it, I was envisioned as, as a TV series. So we, we go out uh, in just a few weeks to pitch it. And Oh, are you? Yeah. Are you going to London? Is it London for the book, or is that for Jokers? Different thing. That's for that's for the book. That's for the book. No, but I, I uh, the first thing I did when I sold the book was to sell the TV rights to IDW Comics, and then uh, we're going out. We attach a showrunner to it, okay. and a writer, and we go out in September to pitch it as a television series. It's exciting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's great. I'm, I can't wait. Now, finished up book one, and you said it perfectly. The New York subway system, which we're New Yorkers, we think it's the greatest thing in the world. In the essence of the book, it's a speck of something way bigger sure. that you're alluding to in the book. By the way, yes. before your question, yes. I had one of those days in the subway today, man. Why, why? Well, you know as a New Yorker, man, the subways. And it's the weekend. It's the weekend, which already you're like, oh, my God, it's going to be bad, right? So not only is it questionable whether the subway's running, because sometimes they just don't run. He's like, okay. So the 2-3 the train, the 3-3 three, three train just decided to, to, to take a shit this weekend and just not run. So now the 2 trains the only one running. I was like, okay. That's why I had to wait. <laughs> it's one of those days I miss the subway by one second. It's pulling. I was like, God damn it. The doors, it's still there. Still, you know, doors closing as I run down. And I look at the, the sign. It says, next train, 17 minutes. Oh. Like, oh. And it's a weekend, so it's all tourists, right, that are like, don't know where they're going, what they're doing. And it was one of those days, man. I'm on the subway. And because there's only one train running, uh, the, the subway's packed. You're like, it's a Sunday afternoon, man. I just want to sit, you know. Tra- train's packed. Station's about 1,000 degrees. Yeah, it's brutally I, hot. There's I, no I, I got whacked in the head by a tourist <laughs> who hit by his elbow. He's, 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 you know, he's 
probably Swedish or something. He's seven foot eight, twelve, <laughs> right? And blonde hair. He hits me in the head with his elbows. Oh, I have this little girl, uh, for no reason, cute, adorable kid, a tourist kid, you know, tourist kid, <laughs> hanging onto my leg, just, just, just full of arms wrapped around my leg. I was like, I look at the parent. Parents not saying anything. I was like, your kid is holding onto a stranger. <laughs> just a whole ride. Do like, something. What, what's going on? Oh, and, then, and then and then I got off in Times Square. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even worse. So I told Julia we we take the train and we get to the end train and we're like, you, we see the little little pink tape indicating oh, you're not coming on. So, and then you look, you're like, I just walked 12 blocks because the train on my corner is not running. Yeah. And then we get here, you get off in Times Square, which is is the worst. It's yeah. the worst on a Sunday. Oh, it's a hundred degrees out. Yes. It's brutal. Where do you live in Brooklyn? No, we just moved to Queens. Oh, Queens. I lived in the East Village for a ton of years. Yeah. Lived in Gramercy. They raised my rent, so her and I just moved to Astoria. Oh, ah, cool. Yeah, I used to be on the other end of the uh, the train, the uh, R train, all the way in the, the, the ass end of R train in, in Bay, in Bay Ridge. Ridge. Oh, and, my and God. And that's kind of what got the book you're, you're running, right? Sure, yeah, that's so yeah. cool. It just take me uh, 18 hours to get home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, 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 I'd leave Midtown Manhattan on Tuesday. I'd get home on Wednesday night <laughs> on, the R, on the R train. How many times now, after, after reading the book, and it's in my bag today coming, driving um leaving queens and it goes completely dark mm-hmm. and you're like oh god that's it's so realistic the way you described yeah, yeah, in the yeah. book it was so cool cool man did you stop book two yet yeah, yes finally because a few weeks ago you're like, <laughs> not yet no we started book two yeah you have a title for it yet uh no that's the, that's uh i had a title i think it's i, I wanted it to be uh, the first book awakened the second book awakened evolution third book awakened extinction okay and they, they they've been pushed against it and i finally acquiesced um they the problem is um they they want to stand. They want three standalone titles, and it's to say okay. underneath an awakened novel, you know, which I get because otherwise people get confused. What's one, two, or three, you know? But I was like, come on, aliens, you know, you, you don't change the title of it. It goes alien, aliens, and then everyone is aliens four, whatever, you know. But uh, but I'm good. so I don't know. I need a good title. I'll help you out with that. Yeah. No. Oh. Hey, by the way, thank you so much for personalizing to me. That meant a lot to me. Feeling you get when you walk into Barnes & Noble and you see your book there for the first time. That was wild. I, I had that experience. You know, when the first day it came out, I went in and bought my own book. And I, <laughs> I, did, I went and bought my own book went up, and went up to the uh, cash register where there was a fan there. Uh, didn't, uh, I don't think she knew the show. Didn't know I wrote a book. And I handed her the book and I gave it away to her. Really? So yeah, you went there, you bought your book? For somebody else, yeah. That's pretty cool, though, yeah. seeing your book on the shelf. It was wild. It was a thrill. Knowing it's a dream since... For... Oh, yeah. I took pictures with it the whole nine yards, yeah. <laughs> Do you read the... The reviews. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, when I saw it in the, in the bookstore, I, I was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw the book on the shelf and I, I got a little, little chubs. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, come on, man. 14 years, uh, a year of my life. Got me a little, got me a little turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turned on now by seeing there how excited you, you are <laughs> looking at the book because you keep gazing at it, looking at it. <laughs> it's uh, a sexy book. Do, do you read the reviews on Amazon Goodreads? I have. I glanced at uh, like the first page of Amazon, Okay. Um, but I, I have not, no. Really? I don't. You know who Is does? Is it good? Are they good? Yeah, they're oh. good. Eric Larson, huge author. You know he reads all his reviews? Really? He's like, yeah, I have to read them. I'm like, why? He goes, I'm so insecure. Oh. I have to read the... No, you know, we, we used to... I, I think it's because of Jokers. I don't read it anymore. I, I, I used to... First season of the show, we'd be like, what's... What, who say what? And, uh, and then second season even too. But then it, you kind of get immune to it. You know, you have to have thick skin with everything. But uh, I'd say Jokers, we, we have overall really good reviews, for, especially from fans. But... Um, it's very rare that, that we get a bad review on the TV show, but um, but no, I, I just I, I, I look at some of them. I hope they're good. <laughs> You're still personalizing videos. 
Is that is that the worst thing you've ever done in your life? It's, Be honest. It, no, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Can I show you something? Yeah, of course. I'm gonna show you. I, I literally this morning I just did a bunch before I came here. Oh, yeah. all right. Literally. Wait, he just showed me his phone and there's well like 15 pictures of just your head with a video thing next. Yeah, to it. I just and I delete them all. I delete a lot. But uh, let me show you a couple of things. This is what makes this thing. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, I do this promotion, right? If you buy the book from from my website, awakenednovel.com, so you have to buy a new hardcover copy mm-hmm. of the book. You send your proof of purchase into awakenednovel at gmail.com, and uh, I will then in turn send you a personalized video message up to like 30 seconds or so. I won't curse. I won't uh, tell somebody off. I won't break up with somebody. <laughs> I won't promote your business directly, although I can do some kind of, you know, I'll say, you know, disclaimer saying I don't know this person. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, that's, there's some uh, prerequisites there, but, uh, and I, I'll rec- send this video. Sometimes it's it's like oh, two months in. I'm I'm still not ca- caught up, man. I still have like a thousand to go. It takes a long time, man. But let me tell you why it's valid. Why it's invaluable to me. I, a couple of things. I will get serious for a moment. I did not realize when I first started this promotion, first how big it. Well, I knew it would be big. I knew this idea would be really popular, but I didn't know what kind of videos I'd be doing. So many of these videos, no joke, Mike, are. I'm thinking uh, I'm really depressed. I'm thinking that maybe I can't go on. Will you please give me a video I can play every morning to keep myself going? <clears throat> or um, I'm, I just uh, just got divorced. I'm, I'm my girlfriend. I'm, what, what do I mean? Please tell you know something. They're really intense videos. People with real problems. Or uh, maybe I'll tell a story after this. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. But some of them are really intense. And, um, and I don't take that lightly, the responsibility that people are putting on me. Sometimes I have to turn it down. It's too much responsibility. You know, I say, look, it's not, I can't do that. But most of the time I do. And it's, um, I get reaction videos. So people send back the reaction videos. That is, can I show you this? Yeah, of course. I'm going to play the audio. So, so I'll play you the, um, the video. This was an aunt wrote me. And she said, uh, my nieces and nephews are huge fans of the show. Uh, will you please, uh, there's like, they're little kids, like six, seven, eight years old. Will you please say their names on the video and say Aunt Mary Lynn loves them? So this is the first, I'm going to play two videos here. I'll record, I'll, I'll put it on the front of the mic. This is me pretending to wake up off my couch. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sleeping on the couch, I'm snoring, and I, I kind of mumble, Larry, Larry. Larry. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to fast forward to when I wake up. Here you go. Okay, so anyway, so I send this video, it goes on a little bit longer, and this is the reaction video they send back. So it, this is, on, this, it, it, the picture I'm watching, it's these four little kids around a, uh, in their living room with their father and Aunt Marilyn in the back uh, watching a laptop of, of me uh, uh, giving this video. And they have no idea what they're about to see. And uh, I'm going to fast forward to when I say their names. Watch their faces. They're free. Their mouths are wide open. They're freaking out. Their hands are over their mouths. Now they're freaking out. Watch this. They're freaking out, jumping up and down. 
They, 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 right? How priceless is that video? It gets sent back to me. The kids are in the video. They are freaking out. They're little kids. They're like six years old. Their hands are going up there. They cannot believe that I just said their names two times in a row and their aunt's name. Wow. And I literally watched the reaction video, and I, I literally had tears streaming on my face, my friend. All right, you want to get real, real, and then we'll get back to having fun? Yeah. So you want to know how important you and Impractical Jokers are to me? I actually wasn't even going to talk about this today. So my brother's a recovering actor, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Thank family's you. super, super tight. And we never dealt with drug addiction or any type of addiction ever in my life. So around eight or nine years ago, he's, his addiction happened. And in and out of rehabs. And we really didn't know how to deal with it. I never told anybody this. For like five years of normalcy was putting on Impractical Jokers mm. and watching you guys. Because for that 30 minutes or five hours, because we DVR all of them, for that just a two-hour time break, we laughed, and it was the only time it was real laugh. Um, you know, I would go out with my friends and party. My parents, everybody had their own things. But together, the only focus was my brother. And then putting on Impractical Jokers and watching him laugh, me laugh, my mom and dad laugh, and for the first time, us not staring at each other like, is his eyes, is he high? Yeah. It was the only time that 23-minute episode when we'd stare at TV watch Impractical Jokers, and whatever reason it was, it was no other show but Impractical Jokers, and just laugh sometimes for three hours. The show's over, and then it's like, and back to reality. So that's how much the show means to me, and it sounds silly. Everyone's like, Impractical Jokers is the funniest show. And I'm like, oh, it is. And in the back of my mind, I'm always like, dude, the show is so much more. It actually kept my family together. Wow. Yeah, it's. it's, I'm telling you, that's why. the show's listening to you. Yeah, meeting you with Opie was awesome. And I'm like, I'm going to tell them. I'm like, no, I'm not going to be like, hey, bud, um, just so you know, but it's because you mentioned like how important some of those messages are. Yeah. And then like my brother's doing very well now. And even like today, I'm like, mom, come, they live down the Jersey Shore. Yeah. I'm like, come in, meet Mer. But they're having a big dinner. And uh, she's like, oh, I, I fucking love that guy. Like <sighs> they love you because of what you did to the family. Like stupid. You shaving your head and eyebrows. <laughs> for you, you like, it was horrible. It was a good laugh. For us, it was like. Not staring at my brother for thirty seconds yeah. and actually enjoying life. It would, that's why I'm like forever, forever indebted to you. Wow, guys. thanks, it's crazy thank you. man. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank I you. mean that too. Now we'll bring it back to funny. <laughs> um, what punishment or prank do you are you always talked about the most? Uh, people, I always, uh, the first thing people usually say to me is your eyebrows look great, <laughs> and, and they're referring to the fact that I had none. And then they're like, uh, you know, any people, anybody that doubts whether the show's real, I, I just. I just take the photo out. <laughs> there's, the, there's the goddamn driver's license. Yeah, it's his driver's license. <laughs> it, it's so creepy looking at the driver's I know, license. It's so creepy. He has right? no eyebrows. It's completely so skin shaved. This is a see something, say something right there. <laughs> it is. Oh, you are. Yeah. You uh, are. And then, then I show him the tattoo and stuff like that. But um, I'd say, yeah, the tattoo, the eyebrows they always ask about. They ask me uh, how Winnie Cooper is doing, how Danica McKellar is doing. And uh, you guys still interact, right? Because yeah, you know, we text regularly. Yeah, we go out to dinners from time to time. You know, unfortunately, she's married. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Her husband's a lovely. Her husband's a lovely man. But if you know, if anything ever happens, hey, a divorce. <laughs> but you wouldn't mind singing divorce. I, no, video I would never her. wish that on on a friend. That being said, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My favorite one that I always got cringed, cringy watching is when you had to wear the sunglasses. And walk in the park. Oh, yeah. And they said, psst, psst, come here. To the kids' Come park. here. And it was a kids' park. Oh, my God. I, I get always nervous, like, watching not, that. You know, from me to me, I'm not creepy. They build, they build me as I, this creepy guy. Hmm. And they, but they make me that way. They force me to be that way because they send me up to a children's park with somebody. I can't see who. They make me that way. I'm not that way, man. Yeah. 
you not if I if someone saw you on the street, no one would be like, oh, that guy's creepy. No. But when you keep saying it, all of a sudden, like, he is a creepy dude. No, you're really not though. No, but I, I but but I've also leaned on that character trait they give me too. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's funny. It is funny. Like the leer I do, you know, oh, whip my head. The movie theater is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys still having fun doing the show? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The shows, we 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 joke about it actually a lot. Um, we, just last week we were on set um, filming. We did something so so funny, so different, you know. And I I turned to the director of the show and I said, I said, you're, you're out of luck. He goes, what? I said, you you can't find another job. It's so show still good. The show is still good. It's still funny. I said, you got You know, we got at least two three more years doing this. And he goes, I know. <laughs> yeah. It, it ends it, it when it's not more, fun anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, I think I think we'll be able to feel that, you know. Or or either, it either ends that way, which none of us want it to end that way, it, or it's going to end on our terms. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll probably go that way. I think we'll just collectively decide that time for the next chapter of our lives. But um, it'll, I think it'll always be funny. I, I, none of us are dialing it in. The, uh, I always, when I heard the movie was coming out, I kind of thought the movie was the, was the end of it. No, no, that, no, not which at all. Is good. Was the movie fun to film? It was so different. It really was. It, it, Jokers is uh, a well-oiled machine by now. We just know how to make the show really well and fast, you know? So we were all to set. Two hours later, we're done filming. Go home. I mean, it's, it's really not that difficult anymore you know we put a lot of pre-work into it but we know when we're performing what we need to get to for the to get the show and uh, i know if i if i have one killer turn i don't need to go three four more times like i know i got it i got it. that's hysterical i got it and move on and also know i also have a good feeling of what's going to hit now too so it becomes it's hard it's hard to say but it, you just know even though it's improv and we're making it up um, I just know when I got it. I, I know when I have enough for the edit and for the audience, and they're going to love it, and that's it. Um, the movie is a different experience entirely because we're also dealing with a totally different crew. You, our crew has been on our show for eight years, most of them. I'm, they're just family at this point, right? The movie is a to- 100% different crew because our TV show is non-union. The movie's Ooh, union. Okay. So none of we couldn't bring any of our, our crew with us, uh-huh. which was hard for us to swallow, a hard pill to swallow. And um, but the crew was great on the movie, but they uh, had a learning curve too. Of they were great at the semi-scripted like narrative scenes. When it came to the non the, the improv, which eighty five percent of the movie is made up on the spot, <laughs> it was uh, there. It was it's hard to jump right into the speed at which we create and think on set because we'll have an idea. Joe will be out there in the field, and, and somebody will come in, and I get the inspiration on the spot, and I'll turn to the crew and say, "Somebody, crew, grab me a." You know what I mean? And they'll run it out to Joe and play. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's how fast things work. That's not how s- movies work. They don't operate at that speed. You know, they take three hours to set up this shot and that shot. Oh. And there's th- th- just having an idea in the moment while filming and having to execute that idea, which happens nine times out of ten on Jokers in the TV show. Is we do it. If the crew is ready to move at moments' notice to make any idea happen. You know, just the other day, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Just the other day, we're filming in. Um, uh, it was just oh we were at Universal Studios on Wednesday filming uh, on their uh, the Fast and the Furious ride okay. and I had an idea literally literally we're on camera filming Joe was out there right in, performing and I turned to a cr- the crew, a crew and I just shouted into the air knowing what happened saying <laughs> somebody get me a f- like three yards of tin foil now right we're, we're in the middle of <laughs> three specifically three yards that's nine feet of tin foil I needed nine feet of tin foil in the moment we're in the middle of an amusement park. 
Two minutes later, guess what was in Joe's hands? Nine, nine feet of tinfoil. You know, movies don't work that way. <laughs> you know, like it would have been, you got to get the right person from the right department. to you know, That word has to get the pro. You, you know, it's crazy. Totally different experience. But it was, it was also a lot longer, like 12, 14, 16 hour days. And you were just saying like some days are two hours in and out and there you're, you're. No, it is a marathon. It is exhausting. I came back from the movie and um, we had, we only had like a, like eight days off total after the movie. Oh. And, um, and I jumped literally from the movie, traveled straight to, the, uh, to oversee the Awakened Experience and jumped right into the book. So I had no, no days off. I didn't have a day off until the 4th of July. From, it was, I, it was, the 4th of July was my first day off, and I'm not joking, my first day off in about four months. Oh, my. Is it, it was o- crazy. overwhelming a little bit? It was overwhelming. I, I, I felt like I, um, a- after the movie and the book, I, I felt like I pushed myself right to the breaking point. Right okay. there. I, I, I didn't break, thank God, but uh, I, I felt like I was <laughs> right on the edge. That was the closest I felt to the edge in a while. What uh, What's the movie, not premise, is it kind of like the show, like kind of like a jackass thing where it's a show except more featured and more... It's um, it's got a narrative beginning and end. Uh, so basically, in the TV show, you don't need a reason. The audience doesn't need a reason that we we do this stuff. It's just we've been best, best friends for thirty years. We know each other. We've done this our whole lives, and that's the premise for the show. You don't need to, you don't need any reason for us to prank each other. We just do it, right? Mm-hmm. In the movie, remember the movie is not going to be seen just by Joker's fans. Hopefully, hopefully, there's a lot bigger audience that's going to see a movie on a Friday night or on a date or Saturday night. They don't, may not necessarily know who we are, or what we do. They need some kind of reason. Like, who are these guys? What's their history? And why do they? Why are they doing these things? Stuff that you already accept as truth in the TV show, right? In season one of the TV show, episode one, there was no. You didn't see our backstory. You didn't see us in, in the movie. There has to be a little backstory. You have to know how we met, where we came from, all the things that you would know just generally from the t- eight seasons of the show. The movie has a narrative beginning and end, like a soft-scripted, improvised feel to it, uh, basically, which gives us the reason to go on this journey. It's like a, a road trip movie, you know? And on the road trip, we uh, do what you love in Impractical Jokers, which is stop along the way and see what happens. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Are you enjoying this journey from your Staten Island kid Monsignor Farrer High School, uh-huh. like a little school in Staten Island, and all of a sudden now, forget about being on True TV and Practical Jokers. Your dream of having a book came true. Yeah. You're going to be in a movie theater. Like, the way we used to go to the UA on, like, <laughs> yeah. Travis Avenue, you're yeah. going to be in a movie with a book. Is I it... love that you said Travis Avenue instead of High, instead of Forest Avenue. Oh, I've never gone to Forest Avenue. Are you crazy? Yeah. There, was no, there was no UA on Forest Avenue back Tra- when we grew up. Travis, next to, like, Fillmore's, wasn't no. Yeah, yeah. it was Fillmore's and uh, the bowling alley. Rabs. Was it Rabs? Rab- yeah. No, it wasn't Rabs. Rabs on Highland Boulevard. It was um, uh, Millard Fillmore's. Yeah, was that was there. a bowling alley. Yep. Yeah. That was a cool hangout. Who's Millard Fillmore? In five seconds. Four, I, I don't know. Three. No? No, I don't. Two. Wasn't he a president? I thought so. I didn't want to sound silly. He's like the shortest lived president or something. Right, ask me again. Dies. No, <laughs> I don't ask you again. There's no redos. That's not the way life works. When you did Opie's show and we didn't know the author of Moby Dick. Yeah, oh, we're all like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta remember who it is now. Oh my god, I did not commit to them. Moby Dick was written by not H. G. Wells. It was written by not Steinbeck. Hold on, I forgot again. Hold on, Moby Dick. We're not looking it up. Don't look it up. Come on. Put your phone down. <laughs> He's going his phone. This is, Steve Jobs can't help you. Put your iPhone down. The Moby Dick was written by um... oh, Control Room. Help! This is two. We just recorded Opie's podcast. Don't do it. No, 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 don't. We don't. recorded Opie's podcast three weeks ago. I can't remember again. Oh, uh, producer Will. Moby Dick was written by. 
Herman Melville, of course. <laughs> Son of a... I can't... What is going on in our lives that we can't... That's a, It's the, one of the most famous books in history. I, I mean... I, we just talked about it. I mean, it. I know that what, the Bible is written by Jesus, right? <laughs> Herman Melville wrote Moby Dick. These are things you should remember. And we should know that Fillmore was a president. Wait, I'm, I'm hearing from the back. Jesus didn't write that Bible? I'm sorry. They just told me that Jesus, they held up a sign and Jesus didn't write it. Who Contru- wrote it then? Internal oh, world. that's it. Herman Melville wrote the Bible. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot. Worst Google search ever. Yeah. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, that's a good quote for this episode. You know, uh, uh, you know your, what's the name of your podcast again? The Mike Sappho Podcast. Okay. The Mike Sappho Podcast with James Murray. The title of this episode is, uh, quote, unquote, from Murr. Herman Melville wrote the Bible. <laughs> obviously, that's what we're going to do. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to get hate mail. No, I, I know that. Jesus, no, who wrote the book? Oh no, 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 of course, there are multi- multiple authors. Multiple authors. I know that. I, I know my Old and New Testament. I love multiple authors. That's what we call them now. Yeah, you know, apostles. <laughs> so are you enjoying the ride? Like, are, are you appreciating? I remember Derek Jeter when he retired. He said his only regret was he didn't appreciate the ride and didn't appreciate the moments. Are you appreciating? You're going to be in the movie theater. Yeah. Like, people can buy a ticket to see you. Isn't that, like, it, blow it's, your it, mind? It absolutely is. And, um... I'd say we're – look, we're, invo- we're enjoying the moment as much as you can while not being overwhelmed with the whole experience. Uh, I, I'd say what gives me the most joy out of the experience are the moments I can carve out of it where I realize how, how amazing this is. Like, for example, uh, two weeks ago, I, I got to go on vacation. I took my family, 14 of us, to Turks and Caicos. We went to the Beaches Resort, right, which is awesome because like, it's an all-inclusive resort. The kids have a great time. It's handicap accessible, so it's very good for my, 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 my uh, father. And um, – I looked around. I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, I, I never could have imagined fourteen, uh, ten years ago, being in a position where I'd be able to take f- my family on a vacation ever. You know, there were months I was living in Bay Ridge, right? There were months I couldn't pay my damn rent. Oh. You know, it was like I look at my bank account. I got nine hundred dollars in the bank, and my rent is twelve hundred dollars a month. I'm like, "Shit, what do I do? I don't want to ask my parents for money. I don't want to borrow money, and I have to go out there and hustle and, and make some money and pay the rent." And it wasn't that long ago. That was like 10 years ago, you know. Joe and I, for the first three seasons of the show, we were roommates downtown Manhattan. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> with a bullshit home office. And we put up a fake wall. It had no power in, in the office. And so we ran extensions cords from the hallway into Joe's room. His room, his room wasn't, wasn't a room. You know, you just, it wasn't a legal room. It had no windows. If, if there was a fire, he was dead. Joe dies. And then three months after we moved in, it was, an, it was a 700-square-foot apartment, 700 square feet. And then Joe's uh, girlfriend's now wife, they, he, uh, they're two months into living together. Well, the reason we were roommates is because we couldn't afford to live separately. There's no way, right? So, we, uh, so two months into living together, he, he, he says to me, he goes, Murrah, and he's asking a favor. I goes, yeah. He goes, I want my girlfriend to move in with us. So, no, no. Uh, two months into living together. I was like, so I looked at him. I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's it. It's like, all right. She moved she in? Moved, yeah. So there was three of us in the summer. Then, then I was dating a girl that quasi moved in too without asking me. Come so on. there were four of us. We each four divided by 700. What is that? That's like, like 12 feet each. We each had 12 and a half square feet each. I'm not a math guy. You know? It was, I was like, this is crazy. So that's, that's the way it was. And for the first three seasons of the show, I, I tell you, Joe and I, for the first season, we'd be home. Um, Joe and I know how to edit. We, we'd be overseeing the editing of the show, things like that. And uh, and we'd design all the, the, the presentations and everything in Photoshop and PowerPoint or whatever. So we were on tour last week, and somebody came up with a T-shirt. They were wearing a T-shirt. And I, I, I looked at Joe. I tapped him on the shoulder. He looked at me. Joe and I designed that T-shirt in our 700-square-foot apartment 
eight years ago, and now this person is still wearing it. It was one of the original shirts. You Wait, know? it was an like Impractical Joker shirt? Yeah. No, no, no. It was, yeah, I don't know what it was. It was like a quote from the TV show. Or like it was some kind of design we did. I was like, I, I, was, I was in my boxer shorts designing that shirt wow. eight years ago. Crazy. But it's, uh, yeah, it, what's the point of it? Oh, the point is this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> appreciating the, appreciating the moment. Well, that's why, like, Friday night, I opened that photo album that was buried in a drawer, and I looked through it, and I had tears streaming down my face because it was just like, I remember those, you do and you don't, like, those first days, the struggle of getting a TV show off the ground and the, the, the constant uncertainty of not knowing on a daily basis whether it would hit. Or you get canceled, or oh my god, man! It was, it was our last shot. Basically, it was our last shot. Yeah, you guys, if Joker's it, didn't work, that was it. You weren't an overnight success. You guys did. You guys were what the Tenderloins? Well, we still are. That, that's our comedy troupe's name. You but know? Like, how long was the show not in process? Because no one picked it up. That was it. Yes, if if we didn't sell that show, if we hadn't sold Joker's, um, there there is a universe where we didn't sell Joker's. I'm sure if you believe in yeah. uh, the multiverse, quantum physics bullshit. Um, it, there is a universe where we did not sell the show, and we were just continued to be that's it, regular guys that never uh, sold the TV show, which is uh, one of a million similar stories in the world. Right? And that gives you chills thinking about your whole your, – now you don't go vacation with your family. All no, that little stuff. All that would have been – Go all the way back to the first shows. That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's so crazy. Like everything that is – everything that makes up life now, which, which has been so different. And um, it's interesting seeing like, how it's affected our families a lot and how it's changed our families. Uh, that I never really expected. I didn't because you know, the family has and the kids to my nieces and nephews seeing how it affects them is really interesting to me because um, they're growing up in this world too, uh, and they're growing up with their their the TV show is part of their lives and becoming more part of their lives as they grow and it affects their relationships affects their friendships with other people you know it's just it's interesting so all my uh, nephews are now dating you know so uh, <laughs> you know they're bringing their girlfriends to the shows and. It's that's a, good game. That's that, great. That's game. great game. Yeah, I'm hoping to get them all laid in some point. <laughs> when not when they're old enough to not now because they're 16 and seven. Well, one's 18. He's fine. He can he can he can get laid. He's good. The 16 year olds wait till you. Yeah, it's wait two years. Come on. That being said, I lost my virginity at 17. So my go. man. Yeah. What, did you? Yeah. How old are you? Uh, like 15. 15. Yeah, 15. Yeah, I'm, but you're a better looking guy than I am. Not really. Why. No, you know what? I was 14 and a half. I'll tell you yeah. this. But then I had a long drought. <laughs> like there's no drought when you it was because then I didn't do it again for like two and a half years oh. or two years so it's like I did it I'm like oh I, my dude, god I, I didn't know I didn't kiss a girl until I was like 16 maybe 16 really I was terrified what, what just like rejection or no yeah I, I, was, I was very emotional as a kid <laughs> I was really emotional and I uh, I would like oh, fall in love oh. by, the, by the way another unique thing you know every time you, you go in the subways you fall in love at least once I nope because my girlfriend's sitting right behind <laughs> you so <laughs> yeah. nope the only time I fall in love is when she's next to me. I <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when I was I, single, yes, I fell in love many times I, yeah, on I the subway. Them. I fell in love all the time. Wait, but, I fell in love but that's quick. So first kiss, 16, lose virginity at 17. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, you know, I don't I, <laughs> Well, it only took me a year to score. <laughs> that's real quick, yeah. It took yeah, me 12 same months girl? to score. No, I didn't. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So. No, please, I was a player back then. Yeah. Hey, how'd you get in private parts? Because <laughs> I, I went to your IMDb and you were in Howard Stern's private parts. Yeah, I am pretty featured. Uh, no, 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 I was an extra, one of a thousand extras. Yeah, but, but your your head's there, like it's. A so my first taste at fame, if you will, um, I'm at, uh, I was in college. I was uh, 
I was a sophomore in college, and they were filming Private Parts. I went home for a weekend, and I was apply- I had a. If you ever seen Jokers, they have that bullshit headshot they put up to make fun of me. That's my headshot when I was like 17 years old. <laughs> it's like a, a, a Staten Island Mall photo, you know. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got this super wavy hair. It's like, oh my god, Murr with full hair, and it's ridiculous. I got a full chest of hair too back then, because hair was in style back then. It's not anymore. Now, 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 boys, now men are bald, uh, are like bald in their entire body, but a full head of hair on their mm-hmm. head. It's not the way the male body works. <laughs> You know, I'm built like Tom Selleck. Yeah, bring you know? it back. Bring it back to the way it I'm was. I'm waiting for this to swing. It's never going to swing back, is it? It but might. It's not. You'll be you'll be the man if it does. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, I I I belong to this extras casting agency, and uh, they call me up one day and say, "Hey, you know, uh, Howard Stern's Private Parts needs extras." And I go there. It was filmed. Uh, that scene was filmed in um, uh, 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 in in Yonkers or something at a, a college. Right. It was doubling as Boston College or Boston University. Mm-hmm. And I just was in the scene. and uh, But I walked right next to Howard Stern, and I didn't know where the cameras were. The camera is on me for like 8, 10 seconds, pretty prominently in front of Howard Stern, and then he walks next to me and then walks by me. I mean, I was right there next to him for like 8 seconds on, on in the movie. Then I went back to college. And uh, no joke, I was getting recognized all the time from that stupid scene on in college. It was my first like little taste of fame. People were like, hey, were you in private part? Like, they recognized me. And uh, and that was pretty cool for like six months. Did you embellish your story? Like, yeah, I mean, I know Howard. No, never one time. You think knowing my who I am, I would have like, oh yeah, we. we oh, I would love like, yeah, Uncle Howard. Yeah, Uncle, yeah. I was in the show yeah. for a while. Uh, no, so that was my little taste of fame, and then and then the internet found it when yeah. I became when I became an impractical joker. And uh, speaking of fame, Comic Con, you guys were at it. Your lines for Comic Con were. Like, I was looking online at Instagram yeah, we, pictures. Yeah, we do like 20,000 people. Holy crap, that's nuts. We do have the block party is the, I mean, the block party is the best very little video. The block party is, I think, the best thing we do in the whole year. It's, it's free. Parents, families, kids, everybody comes. It's, it's, dude, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Okay, this is, this is what it's like. It, it, it's, we take over the whole stadium, Petco Park, where the Padres play. Look at this. this if you, uh, you can post this video on, uh, online if you want. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's the whole crowd cheering. <laughs> It's a whole stadium. Oh. It's unbelievable, right? It's, it's unbelievable. It's the best, the best day of the year. That's that, awesome. When, the, days like this, it's like when I. That's amazing to me. You ask about like you know uh, the effect the show has. I look out and I see like these families, all generations there. And I'm like, holy shit, man! We created something big here. Something, something that's affecting people in a real way. And uh, that moments like that are when you stop and and appreciate it. And Peko and you guys did MSG. Like you sell out. Places that people don't sell out. We're playing uh, the Prudential Center in March. Are you really? Yeah, how not, cool is not that? Not MSG, but it's still pretty awesome. Yeah, same, <laughs> si- same size. You like doing the big shows in front of people? Uh, it depends. The, uh, yes, I love it. That's my favorite part of the job, generally. Mm-hmm. But uh, the venues are important, though. Like MSG was an uh, amazing experience for us as New Yorkers. Um, tough with uh, tough with comedy because the, the venue is so big that the comedy hits you in the laughter hits you in waves. So like. The, the main audience in front of you, the laughter hits you from a joke. Uh, a fraction of a second later, the laughter hits you from the, the middle section. And then a beat later, the laughter hits you from the upper upper spots of the of So the you kind of get used to that a little bit. Well, sure, because it's a delayed response. You, ha- you get three different in your ear. And comedy is all about timing and you knowing when to pick up the, uh, the next line, the next line, the next line. So that the show always feels like it's hitting. And if you miss a beat, the joke le- uh, fails, right? It's literally that sensitive, a joke. And um, so in a, an arena like that, 
it takes an adjusting to because you have to think about the timing of the laughter when it's coming into your ear. It's not it's not when the audience is actually laughing. Were you? I know you guys do demos and stuff. Were you aware that MSG has that three waves? Yeah, we had done a couple okay. of venues like that before. You know, we did a show, a bigger show than MSG in um, Ohio, in I think Columbus. I think it was like eighteen thousand or something. And then we had played uh, last year. We did. Um, Big big arenas in the in the UK. We did uh, five nights at the O2, which is bigger than the Garden. I think mm-hmm. I think it's eighteen thousand. No, it is. And um, we did five nights there, sold out. And then other big venues like uh, Manchester, big arenas. So we were already uh, aware of the audio effect that it has on the joke. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the delayed the delayed laughter. If if it screws up the timing of the joke, no joke every now, time. You're going to London. Are you guys just massive over there in Great Britain? The show is popular there. And I think the uh, I think the reason for that is that you know America it took years for the show to build, build, build. Because the show, you're, we're filming it in real time. When the show finally started airing in the UK and in a lot of countries around the world like where it's very popular, India, they, they, they started airing it. They bought the show in season four, so they already had four seasons worth of content. Mm-hmm. So the show was always on the air and new. Oh, you know what I mean? For like the first three years it was on the air in the UK, it was just them playing the first four or five seasons of the show. To catch up to where we are in America. So it just got a fan base really, really quick. I love that you guys are huge in India. And you're going there, right, for your buddy's, your buddy's wedding. Oh, yeah, but that's next year. I'm going there just on my own. Oh, when? At the end of this year. Uh, we're working on a date now, but it's likely end of November, beginning of uh, December. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going there to uh, – the book comes out in India. And they're timing, uh, they're cu- timing because our fan base is so popular, it's so big there, right? Mm-hmm. They're timing the book release to whenever I can go. And uh, so we're going to release it then. And, uh, and I'm throwing these uh, parties. I'm doing the same thing in the UK. A week-long party, like in different cities in the UK. In, in, in a month. In th- this month. Uh, at the end of this month, I'm going to the UK, and I'm throwing a party every night for a weekend. Are you and really? for fan For Jokers fans. And uh, so Birmingham, Manchester, London, uh, uh, and a few other cities. Uh, Glasgow and uh, Newcastle. And every night, you party with me directly like this. We drink. I do a book reading, take pictures. It's awesome. It's going to be so cool. And you're doing this in India also? I'm doing it in India as well. Do you know what cities you're going to in India? Uh, I haven't decided yet, but probably uh, uh, Delhi, uh, Mumbai, and maybe, um, I don't know, maybe, the, uh, maybe those two, maybe more. Dude, that's really cool. Yeah. I will finish up with maybe this. Bangalore. I don't know. Well, anyway, you'll, you'll pick someone random. Yeah. One celebrity or someone famous that came up to you and says- You don't want to sleep with? Oh, okay. oh yeah. <laughs> that love jokers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, Completely wrong question. Your question was way better. Well, my answer is the same for both the questions. <laughs> so yeah. I both want to sleep with and no. So the, one of the coolest experiences we had was um, we, we got invited. I'll tell you the whole story of it. We got invited to the premiere party. for. We never get invited to anything, right? We got invited. For, so we lean on our PR agency. They're like, what the hell are we paying you for, man? Why can't we, why can't we get a ticket to something? Anything, anything. You see all these red carpets, you see these movie premieres, you see celebrities. We haven't gone to a single movie premiere ever. I was like, what? come on, can you do anything? So they get us onto the list. To, I don't know, they must have you know, paid or something. They get us onto the list to go see uh, Grown Ups 2, which is the Adam Sandler movie, right? They're like, all right, we're going to go. So we go there, we walk the red carpet. Oh, dude, it's mortifying. Here's why. The red carpet. All the, the, the celebrity reporters there with cameras, they're looking at us. Nobody's taking photos of us because oh, so, they don't know who we are. So the clicking sucks. But behind, there's no clicking because nobody's taking photos of us because they don't know who the F we are. Oh. Right? Behind the reporters is all the public walking the streets outside of the, where I think it was maybe the, the 
Beacon Theater. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what theaters are, right? There's the, the public there. New Yorkers there. All the regular people are freaking out seeing us and taking pictures of us. The reporters in the business have no clue who we are and are ignoring us. So we're like, we look at each other like, this is our show in a nutshell. <laughs> like, the public loves us. The masses love us. But the industry has no clue who we are, right? That's, that, that's us. People are like, don't get to Hollywood. I was like, don't worry. We won't, okay? <laughs> we ain't getting to Hollywood. Trust me, right? So we walk the red carpet, which is mortifying, right? Because no one knows who we are except uh, the public. We walk into the theater. Like, I'm literally walking past the press, the industry press, to take photos with the public, right? That's how embarrassing <laughs> it is. We walk into the theater. It's, it's so embarrassing. We go in. And I'm get finding a seat. There's no seat reserved for us. So I'm like, excuse me, is that seat taken? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so mortifying. I was like, okay, we gotta split up. You take that one. I was no. like, <laughs> so and uh, and no joke. I go to sit down. Adam Sandler sees me, comes up to me, unprompted, comes up to me, and in his own premiere, walks up the aisle to me. I'm on the back of the theater, right? Walks up to me and says, um, the Zigfield, that's what it was. He says to me, um, he goes, Murr. I was like, I look up, I was like, hey. He goes, I gotta tell you. You're the only show my family watches. We watch it together. The kids love it. He starts quoting episodes of my show to me, things that they love. I was like, dude, you are Adam Sandler. I grew up watching ev everything you do. Everything. I know all your movies by heart. You know, like, like you're Adam Sandler, man. I mean, you know, a guy of a certain age, that's it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was, my mind was blown. Blown. Wow. You know, and then we've heard, of course, that Jim Carrey is a fan. I, I just, I, people like this, I'm like, Grew up watching the, these guys, you know. So there you go. The, the cool, I told you the Zucker story uh, last time. Did I tell that? In open no, no, no. Tell me. Uh, I'll tell you that real quick. We had the. Uh, we were at the Nashville, uh, the Wild West Comedy Festival in Nashville, and um, one of the guests there. They were doing screening of Airplane. So they brought the Zucker Brothers out. The Zucker Brothers created Airplane, of course. The, Naked, the Naked Gun. They did a bunch of the scary movies. They did, and a bunch of, and, and ironically, they, they did the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, which is that's so random, so random, okay. but um, equally amazing. And uh, I'm a huge fan of the Zucker Brothers. Huge. It was our main influence growing up, right? It was that kind of slapstick fun. And um, we go there. We the Zucker Brothers are at another table in the restaurant. I see them. I recognize them. I was like, holy shit, it's the Zucker Brothers. I gotta say hi, right? I go up. They don't know who I am. They don't know the show, clearly. Introduce myself. Say, hi, I'm a huge fan. Can I take a photo with you? We do. And I leave. That's it. Um, Q happened to go on a tour. They were doing a tour of a museum there, and the Zucker Brothers there. So we connected with them more. He got to actually hang out with them for a little bit. And he told them he was on a TV show. And at the museum, people kept coming up to Q to take pictures with him. So, so they're like, What's, what show is this? I got to check this out. And... Um, uh, we then had the opportunity, like a month later, the four of us were in LA, so we had dinner with the Zucker brothers, right? Which was amazing. It's like a four-hour dinner, and we uh, gave them a couple of DVDs. They still hadn't seen the show. The kid, their kids knew the show, but they didn't know the show. Had okay. never seen it. We gave them a couple of DVDs of the show. Said, "Here you go," and uh, and knowing that, that David Zucker says to us at the dinner, he goes, "I don't laugh at anything. I don't find any TV, modern TV fun, funny. It's you know, uh, very few things I find funny." He goes, "So don't." Be insulted if I do whatever, if I don't like this stuff. We're like, okay. We give him a bunch of the DVDs. A month later, an email comes in on a Saturday night, six at uh, midnight. An email comes into our, the four of us from David Zucker saying that uh, it says, guys, I had the chance to watch a couple of seasons of your show. He goes, I have to tell you, I can't watch your show for more than 10 minutes at a time because I have tears streaming down my face from laughter. He goes, I don't have to tell you this. If it sucked, I would tell you outright. And David Zucker. And as a Christmas gift last year, Sal got Zucker to autograph the email, and he printed it up and, email, and framed it for us. And gave, that was our Christmas gift. It was 
within a minute after the email come in, it's like midnight on a Saturday. The four was on on a, on a four-way phone call, screaming like little girls. Oh my god! Oh my! Dude, it's the coolest thing ever. Coolest Dude, thing. That's ever. surreal. Yeah. Right. Now this might answer the final question of the show. Yes, I'd sleep with David Zucker. Is that what? Yep. And thank you, the mic step up. <laughs> you um, who's the coolest guy on your phone? You you and I are at a bar. Yeah. You want to impress people there. Nobody knows Impractical Jokers. No one cares about Murrow or yeah. the book. Who's the coolest dude in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back? The, that, that's what – oh. Hmm. They would text me right back? Text you back within like 20 minutes. I got people on my phone who, who won't text me back. I don't know. Sal doesn't ever write me back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Sal. He, he, he debatable whether he, he has my number. He might have me blocked. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, I think about it all the time. If I need a quick answer from Sal, I ain't getting it. I got to ask Joe. Joe, then text. No, Joe, get that fucked up. I have to text Joe. Joe texts Sal. Sal then texts Joe back. Joe gets me the answer. Is that like the eight years of just being together all the time? Yeah, I think so. I, uh, do you ever go on the website Reddit? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I actually never go on it. It's kind of like a vile place. But on the subway today, right before we got on, I typed in uh, Impractical Jokers, Jokers Reddit. Yeah. And the first thing comes up are Murr and Q friends. Do Sal and Murr hate each other because... Sure, One of you guys that, yeah. don't follow each other on social media or okay. something. I see them seven days a week. And I'm like, is this se- people really want to know why they don't follow you That's on social wild. media? Isn't that weird? No, I don't even. Yeah, people keep. I see that comment a lot. I was like, I don't know who I follow. I, I think I follow all the guys. I'm, I could be wrong, but who gives a shit? I know. I see them seven I'm days a week. You. Unfollow. Yeah, who yeah. does that? I, I, I'll end the controversy right now. <laughs> These are my best friends. I would die for any single one of them, including Sally. He's my best friend in the world. There you go. Wow. There you go. Is he still the coolest person? In but if I, had to, <laughs> if I had an order of who I'd die for first, he'd be the last. <laughs> Is that a thing? Can I rank them of by course. order of who I'd die for first? Yes. Like if, if there's three bullets flying at the other three of them, I save, you know, Q and Joey f- the first Head one first and two. first in chest and maybe your toe yeah, would Sal stick out. Yeah, Sal the toe. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. it saves him, but the toe is also, the, the foot is the, the narrowest part of the body. Yeah, you, you know. listen, hit or miss. I'm doing my best. I get credit for the save even if I kill You're even. saving 67% of your friends. <laughs> You're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my friend, this was a blast, man. Thanks for having me, buddy. Awesome. Thank you so much. You got it.